You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Forty years ago, this is Emeritus Rex with Rabbi Ruvain, Joshua Pupko of Cote St. Luke, Montreal, Beth Israel, Beth Aaron, Montreal, Canada, North America's finest. Rabbi Pupko, um, it's been an interesting week uh, politically. I know that uh, I, I just want to I know we're not going to talk about it. But if we remember at last week, I mentioned maybe things would be better with uh, uh, Netanyahu um, not being the prime minister. And lo and behold, uh, from my mouth to somebody's ears, um, it sounds like he might not uh be continue to be the prime minister before we get into today's topic what do you what do you what do you what do you th- well, I, i'll tell you listen we're, we're we're sitting here there's several hours left in the deadline for lapid and literally no one knows this morning the crisis was over judicial appointments uh you know the, the you know the uh inside the putative coalition now the issue was the arab party making demands about what's called the commandant's rule about bedouin uh, zoning. Uh, Communist rule should not be confused with the Panovich rule. That's something completely <laughs> different. And the, uh, it's a very strange situation. But I have to tell you something. You know, as we all know from Jewish history, the events themselves are less important than the good lines we remember. And I think the good line we will remember from all of this is that when Moshe Gaffney, who was, who was according to, at least in this plan, is going to be left out of the coalition from the Aguda party, Moshe Gaffney referred to the, the leader of the Arab party that may be part of the coalition as the most dutty person in the coalition. So I thought, you know, so that was funny. And I think, you know, yeah, after yeah. everything is said and done and the dust settles, what we will all remember most are the quips. <laughs> yes. And, um, and, and there, I think there's a lot of depth to it. The fact that, uh, you know, we talk about uh, fealty to religion that Islam shows. And I think uh, uh, despite the, the, the worst tendencies that sometimes come out in, in Islam, I think we forget um, the, the intensity on the other way of commitment and what we call frumkite. And it really- I've done extensive studies of Islam, mostly centered on my watching of 24 and Homeland. So (laughs) I do consider myself a bit of an expert. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Well, well, you know, people have mistaken me for Brody sometimes. I have been walking down the street and people say, yes, they say, Brody? And I'll say, no, no, no. But if I had a nickel for every time I've been mistaken for Jack Bauer, uh, you know, or as we know him, Kiefer, uh, yeah. you know, if I didn't, I, I would be, um, I don't know how much money I would have. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, you know, it, but it all happened in the in the span of one day, though. In other right. words, in the span of one day, you've been, you you have right. been. Uh, right. In none of these seasons did he ever use the washroom, by the way. <laughs> well, it is incredible how you could take one day and spread it out. And, and, and I guess, <laughs> you know, sometimes, uh, you know, when we talk about this 45 minutes that we have, it sometimes seems like hours and hours and days and days of. Countless, Especially to the listeners. Yes. Yes. Countless. You know, it's, <laughs> uh, uh, the fun is incredible. You know, I think when we talk about fun, you know, let me start with uh, one. I don't know if you know about this, but this is one of my favorite uh, Cleokers. Um, Cleoker says in the end of Parshas Tzav that the five uh, books of Moses, the five Seif Svarim, Breshas, Shmos Vayikra, Bamidra Dvarim, are connected, what it says in Parshas Tzav, Zos Toras, 
Zos Torahs HaMincho, Zos Zos Torahs HaOsham. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, and Zos Torahs HaShlomim. So he says that um, uh, that part, of, and basically what he says is, if you want to know how it lines up, that um, that the uh, the Mincha, I think, is Ishmois. Yeah, and the shlomim is dvorim, which makes sense. Right, vayikra is chatos, and the uh, and bamidbar is osham. And I think that you think about it, uh, it, it really is quite true that you have dvorim that are that are real guilt shows up in, in safer bamidbar. You really have uh, uh, passages. That are that are so startling in terms of what the heck was going on here. No, but also I think you have this spiraling collapse, and I'm sure I'm going to forget something. But you know, you have the beginning of Bamidbar setting up the beautiful procession of the Jews of the desert, right? With Degelmachne, this Degelmachne, you know, in the, in the uh, center, you know, in the, in the center of the Mishkan, and they're marching. Then you have those two psukim bracketed away by Heben Soya. And then all of a sudden you have this spiraling collapse of the complaint in Kivrosatava. And then you have the story of, uh, you know, of, uh, of Miriam. You have this collapse go on. And then you have uh, Shlach, which is, of course, a complete collapse. And then almost in a way, climaxing in Parshas Kairach, where the, where the dream to enter Israel in a timely fashion is... Uh, is thwarted, where the fears that Moshe uh, expressed, or, or the Torah expresses at the beginning of Parshas B'Shalach, that the people will be afraid, and therefore let's go a different way, let's go slower, is not just sadly realized, but to the max, where the time spent in the desert, Matan Torah, building the Mishkan, and everything else, wasn't sufficient to cure the problem that, they, that the Torah expresses. The Torah told us this might happen in Parshas B'Shalach. And in Parsha Shlach, the worst form of that fear is realized, where even after all the time in the desert, the year in the desert, it's like they had just left. And, uh, and, 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 the type, and the type of statements that they make, which is, you know, we're sick of this. Let's go back to Mitzrayim. We can't stand it. I, to um, me, the most painful part is, they, is when they refer to Egypt as Eretz Zavos Chalavadvash. Yes, yes. Incredible. I mean, that is the... You know, the inversion, which we see often in when discussions of the Middle East today, the absolute inversion of reality, where Egypt is called Eretz Zavos Chalavadvash. I mean, it's just the, the sadness, the, the rejection of the land of Israel. You know, people have said this before that, you know, Kisisa is the rejection of God and, and, and the building of the Egel Azov, and, uh, and Shlach is the rejection of, of Eretz Yisrael. And the rejection of God does not condemn them to die in the desert, but the rejection of the land of Israel does. And uh, you could say it's a culmination, uh, certainly, but um, that sin is forgiven. Not only that, if you read Parsha's Kizitsa carefully, by the end of that fascinating, almost sometimes inscrutable dialogue between Moshe and Kaddish Baruch Hu after the Egel Azov, it seems that not only is relationship secured, but improved upon. And, yeah. uh, I, and, I remember uh, hearing a, a, a wonderful uh, um Sheer on this from my brother, yeah. From your brother. This is one of your brother's favorite uh yeah. Shalom. And, you know, and, and you know, and uh, then you know, and uh and now we have a rejection of the land of Israel. Also, what's interesting is to contrast 
how the story of the Moroccan is told about Midbar versus the retelling of Devarim. Yes, where yes. It's clear well. that Moshe lays all of the blame on the people. He leaves the spies out of it. That's right. He uh, he leaves the Kaddish Baruch. Well, of course, that was done thirty. Years. Again, I, again, I, let me just intercede 30 there. Years later, thirty right? years later. So, of course, you always tell the story differently for the people no, who no, hear it at a different time. This is clearly on the collective. Right, that's right, because he doesn't want to mention right. the Maragams if they are the one. Right. But, but I wanted to, you know, again, I, I know. Both of us could probably pontificate, especially you. As oh, uh, I don't know. I think especially you. I mean, no, you are the pontiff. Your middle name is pontificator. That's your middle. <laughs> you are the pontiff, though. You are the pope. <laughs> but, 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 you know, I, I, here's what I want to ask you. Um, because I, 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 I've spoken to a lot of professional rabbis. Maybe none of them that have have your provenance and gravitas or or uh, IQ. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. Um, the question was. You know, Shalach and Korach are sort of like the favorites. Those are the Osham because you could really speak to the people. And those, the, uh, let me say it better. The other Parshios, even the, the Ego, you really need to do a little uh, uh, gymnastics and Drush to connect it to the people where they're sitting. You need to say, what is the Avodah of today? What is our right, golden right, right, calf? Right. But when it comes to Shalach and Korach, Everybody can sort of like your community, your your congregation can be shlach and korach right, in, with a snap. Anyway, I got to say something. My, my late father told me there was an old, there was a magid. It was a joke about a magid that who went around to, from shtetl to shtetl, and he only had one drasha, and he had to figure out how, the pretext to use that one drasha. So the drasha was it was on parshas kaidach because again, rabbis love as you say parshas kaidach. Because the other expression was every Moshe has a kaidach, meaning every rabbi has some enemy sitting in front of him. One? Uh, again, my, my, <laughs> my history tells me it's almost everybody in the shul. Go <laughs> ahead. So every Moshe has a kaidach. And what this guy used to do is he, the Bagan would get up uh, in the shul and he would take out his nose tichel, which is Yiddish for a handkerchief, yeah. wipe his nose, deliberately drop it, and say on shul they can bend down to pick it up. He's oh the nostech fell, and he says, you know, and he says oh it reminds me of the fall of kaidach, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> falling handkerchief. And he and he would say oi as and vegan kaidach. Yeah, speaking already about kaidach, and he would go ahead and give his uh, his one drush on parshas kaidach as and vegan kaidach. As we're already talking about kaidach, you know, so. Uh, yeah, so, so let me I, ask you, what do you, which one again? I know that you, of course, are, are someone. By the way, uh, I, I, I let me just say two things before I get you started. First right. of all, I forgot to say about the Oila. The Oila is voracious, which is obvious because oh, that's because that's Avram Yitzhak Yaakov who lived completely for God. Um, the the Mincha is really, in a way, the the Oramal, the Oramalite, which is what right. we were in the beginning of Shmois, that's the Nefesh, it's almost like you see the Nefesh right there. And Vayikra is really, as you can see, as what it means in terms of life, the Chathos. I just want to say that. The other thing is, I went swimming the other night, or maybe the other day, and uh, a, a fellow is in the pool with me, who I recognize from pre-COVID days, who has family here, uh, a fellow from Montreal, and I say to him, um, you know Rabbi Pupko, uh, and he said, "Of course, he's he is sort of like our um, he's our our foreign minister. He is the foreign minister of the Jews of Montreal. Yes, I'm the foreign minister." He says, "If anybody, he says, and this is not someone from your community. I think he's from the Chabad community, and he says to me that 
Rabbi Pupko, if we ever need anything, someone to speak to the authorities, someone to speak there, he's the person who has the the, the, the gift of gab and the ability to, to say it correctly. So I just want to tell you that yes. you are you are well known. Um, and again, in, in, in from... By the way, it's interesting. Henry Kissinger is often referred to as the Pupko of Secretary <laughs> of State. <laughs> yes. yes, I think it might be in his next, the next volume yeah, of his biography. That's, that's how he's known. If you look at I think, book, I think if, you, if, you, if, you read, if you read the next uh, 3,000 pages of his, of, of his biography. Right. Um, By I, the way, Michael Jordan is often referred to. <laughs> <laughs> yes. As, as the Pupko of basketball. Uh, yes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the Pupko of point guards, but you're actually saying he's actually the Pupko, as you know, my, my, my knack for alliteration. Um, but my, my Pupko of point guards, indeed. But, um, let me ask you something. So, again, we talk about Shalach and, and Korach. Um, you, know, you know, the foreign minister of, of Montreal for the Jews. Um, <laughs> Which which parsha again? Do you feel you know? Uh, do you feel like? I'll, I'll, I have a confession to make. My bar mitzvah parsha was parsha skyder, uh-huh. so I'm uh, I mean I, I you know so I have a certain. Uh, my know. sons as well. So, oh, yeah. uh, but so my, my my son specifically did not want to speak about the. He wanted to speak about the halachic part of parsha's korach, which All came right. afterwards. But uh, I'll tell you, parsha shlach to me is always is is even more interesting than parsha skyder. Parsha, I mean, I wouldn't say that. They're all, both have, but here's the thing. I, I think there's some overlooked things in Parsha Shlach. You know, um, there's, there's one Gemara that everyone knows, the Gemara in Saita that says, you know, uh, when they say that uh, they felt like uh, Chagovim, they felt like uh, grasshoppers in front of the uh, mighty inhabitants of the land. All right, maybe they felt that way. But when they say, V'chein hayinu b'einehem, and that's how they looked at us. Shake, they're liars. Because how could they possibly know what uh, what the others thought of them? How could they possibly know? But there's a medrash that's a little bit different, which I think is very fascinating. The medrash says similar words. Oh my God, how could they? You know, because maybe. Heard, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to hop you. So Rashi brings down that they heard them saying the molim. Uh, right, Rashi brings it down in Chumash. Right, that they overheard them say, "Oh, there's Nimolim in the Kramim." Right. So giant. the point is, so maybe they weren't Shakri, right? I mean, according to Rashi, you know, there, there's another way to look at it than the Gemara. The Gemara says they're liars. According to Rashi, they overheard it, right? According to exactly my point, they could have known what they thought. Maybe they said a bunch of grasshoppers here, right, or bugs, insects, right? So. So maybe they. So maybe there's another way to look at it other than the Gemara. Maybe the Chena Yudubei was based on what they heard. But I think, and I may be wrong on this because it depends how you read the Medrash. There's a there's a, there's a Medrash that says also casts you know its its focus on that line. So were we in their eyes. That it means how do you know? Maybe you look like Malachim. Now I believe what that Medrash is trying to say is. Yeah, exactly like Rashi. They overheard them saying it. But how do you know they meant it? How do you know that's how they really felt? Just because you have evidence to think that. In other words, when the adversary looks at you and says certain words, he's not telling you necessarily what he believes. He's telling you what he wants you to believe he believes. And maybe 
when the anti-Semite, whether it's the you know the 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 the, the warriors of Canaan or today's, when they say things about us, who says we're supposed to take it seriously? Who says that really reflects what's in their heart? How do we know that they don't really look at us kamalach? And when they and when the world says you know Israel violates human rights and this and that, do they really mean it? Maybe they know how false the charge is. Maybe we know that they can't really be concerned about human rights to the in the way that they say they are because they'd be much more concerned about Palestinians in Lebanon or the Palestinians who've been murdered in Yarmouk refugee camp in Syria. They really cared about the fate of Palestinians. So maybe there's a message in that medrash that when the anti-Semite says something about you, don't necessarily assume that's what he really thinks. And again, I think secular Jews make this mistake uh, in, other, in another arena where, you know, they say, well, you know, uh, you hear this in Quebec, and, you know, not, not so much in the rest of North America. Jews only look after themselves. You know, Jews only care about themselves. Do they really believe that? I mean, they walk in their hospitals, museums, and symphony halls, and they see the soup, every, everything that we do for everyone. You know, in America, 90% of the gifts given by Jews of a million dollars or more, 90% go to non-Jewish charities. So we don't know what they really think. What, in other words, their words are not necessarily solid I evidence know, of what I they mean. really think. And I think when the Medrash is saying, maybe they really think you're Malachim, not Chagavim, uh, maybe they're saying, yeah, they had reason to think that's how they were looked at because of what they overheard, as Rashi said. Uh, but maybe, <laughs> just maybe, it's not what they really believe. Yeah, I hear. So let me ask you something. Should we tell um, people from uh, Beth Ezra Beth Aaron not to listen to this podcast because this is your drasha this Shabbos? I, I, you know, I, I think maybe we should have a, a warning. Yeah, we should have a, a, warning. <laughs> a warning. Do not listen to this. Like, no, no, spoiler alert. What they call spoiler you, alert. You know, Hitchcock, when he made Psycho, he he made sure that the, he put a big sign. He made sure that in most of the theaters, there was a sign. Do not reveal the ending because you're going to spoil it for the next person. So, well, when I was a young man and I was a little reckless, I when I left the movie theater and the, and the people were lined in to see the next showing, I would always say, as I left, I said, they all die at the end. <laughs> <laughs> that, that increases your popularity. Let me just tell you something. That, let me tell you something the Kutzker said. The Kutzker is sort of like a very famous comedy. He says, we'll skate through and we'll say trachten. In other words, this is talk of the Aveir of the Maraquim, to care what others think. That's even never, more interesting, yeah. Which is a very, that, that's a typical Kutzker. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, But once we're at Where's there, the Kutzker? I want to find the Kutzker for my drusha. Where's Emes Vamuna? Where is it? Um, it might be in the Sefer Merit Kodesh. I'll try to find it for you. I think um, you should try to find it. Was to gate the rune? To gate That's the worst avera to really care what other what others yeah, think. Yeah. That means you, you don't really have spirituality coming to yourself. I will tell you another uh, one of my own favorite shtiklach, which you can use as well, as long as you ascribe it to your 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 partner in podcasting. Um, you mentioned before Namolim and Chagovim, which is sort of interesting. Was it ants or was it grasshoppers, right? As we know from the famous David Carradine 1970s program, <laughs> grasshopper is something a lot different than ant. You can't imagine, you know, um, right. Right, right. can you imagine me going, you ant, oh, grasshopper. So why wasn't they said Chagovim exactly? So, I mean, uh, so, so I will tell you what I, I'll tell you what I think might be true. Um, 
And in, in way back in Parshas Boy, if you remember, that the Maka that was uh, inflicted upon them was the Arba, right? The Arba, which was, was so uh, disastrous for the produce of, of the Mitzrim. But if you take a look in the Pesukim there, it never really says that God never really says to the um, uh, to, to Moshe, um, okay, it's going to be Arba. He says, go to Paro. And, and Moshe says Arba. Moshe is the one who says it's going to be locusts. So the uh, Pashischer, who was the Rebbe of the Kotzker, Right. I know Chassidus is not your. No, I was at. I actually visited his grave. Right. So from Simcha Bunim was 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 really. He was a ar- pharmacist, if I remember. Yes, he was. Before that, he was also arender, which meant that he was a lumber salesman. He right, was, right. He, he did a lot of different things in terms of uh, not wanting to be a rebbe. Finally, when he became a rebbe, he used to wear a, a kashket. Also, he used to wear like a little hat. Right. He didn't. Could dress like the Rishon or like this this, right, this right. Malchus Tikkareb. He was a simple Jew, not unlike myself. Yeah, but, but he was well known for just like yourself, well known for incredible brilliance right. and, and and wonderful things. So the Pashisko um, uh, said the following. He said, "This was the Maka where the Bnei Yisrael chose." He said, uh, "You're going to tell over Asher Salalti b'Mitzrayim." You know what right. Asher Salalti is? It's almost like a guy has a big uh, a, a, a big um, guardian. Uh, a big bodyguard and says, okay, what, what do you want me to do with him, boss? Um, take the guy and spin him uh, three times over your head. The Bnei Yisrael, in a sense, asked for this maka. Why was this the maka they asked for? In other words, up until now, it's been what I want. Now you, I've been taking care of you. You say what you want. So the Pashischa said, what were they called? They were called in a way, right? They were afraid of Reboy. That's what they said. These guys, these Jews are multiplying right. everywhere, right? We've got to get rid of them. We have to, if, if, you, if you know something about the etymology uh, or insect, uh, not the etymology, what's the word for studying of insects? Oh, uh, we'd, oh, we'd look it up. But anyway, the point yeah. is, yeah, it's not part of your lexicon. But the point oh, is, yeah, so. Getting the, old. The grasshopper becomes the locust. The grasshopper, the chagav, in a way, when the time comes, entomology. Entomology, yes. The 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 as the um, uh, other grasshoppers come together, something changes. What changes in the chagav? It actually grows. It becomes bigger. Uh, the the grasshopper isn't this, you know, uh, docile kung fu guy but becomes together with the group into almost a a a mob identity which increases its strength and its growth and the chagav becomes arbe in a way it was our national symbol because we do become powerful all of us through the masses, through that group, we become. I will never repeat to anyone what you just told me. I, I just, I, you know, insects. I, you know, it's not my thing. Yes, but but, but <laughs> it happens to be the only. That is I, interesting. Right. And it's the only being that you can just, uh, other than fish, and even in fish, you need to take them out and kill right, right. them. You can eat a grasshopper. You can eat a grasshopper. Yeah, I've never been so inclined. It's, okay, it's like, but why did the Torah mock their grasshoppers? Why? Because it's us. In other words, that's us. So, of course, what they said was, 
We are just Chagavim to them. We don't have the power of our. I, I would suggest the title for this Devar Torah as Entomology to Cannibalism. <laughs> We're eating ourselves. Okay, good. All right. By, by the way, if you do a little bit of research in, in, in the Taimani uh, history. Oh, yeah, they, they, they're, they're big grasshopper. Right? right. And in fact, the day that the locusts arrived and then ate everything, yeah. the boys and girls used to go out and gather piles and sacks of grasshoppers and it was a big shidduch aspect was you know, eating the grasshoppers i was together. actually in sana came in one time and i walked into a kosher jelly you were in I sana asked, you were in sana yeah no i'm not i'm making this all up i walked into a kosher deli and they and they asked for <laughs> chipotle yeah. and, and it wasn't pastrami it was grasshoppers actually yeah. so anyway so don't sell grasshoppers short let me ask you something now that i've i've sickened you uh for lunch <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask this. But again, the, I, I see them again. Obviously, the Parsha Shlach, you can always talk about Avas Eretz Yisrael and our resistance to really going to Eretz Yisrael. We talked about this on this program. Right. Um, but it's, it, I guess, what you're missing in Parsha Shlach, you're missing a heavy. In other words, Korach gives you a heavy. Right. Where, yeah, where, you have a bad guy. The 10, the, the, the 10 Rishoyim. They get a lot of, uh, oh, here they are, Gadiel ben Susi, right? right? But you, you never really see any words in their mouths. They do come back and like, you, you get their communal, uh, basically, statement about, about how, uh, you know, that we're going to be killed and how scared we are and tapenu yilavoz. But you don't really get the character. I think with Korach, you, you, you have a heavy, you have three heavies, in fact. You have Korach and Dos and Vaviram. Um, so does that does that help? You know, when 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 you do drushes on Parshas Korach, trying to sort of like give you the 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 sense of, you know, who that. I think the is. most astonishing part of the Korach story is the persistence of the rebellion. It means even after the fire and after the the, the earthquake and everything else, the rebellion persists. Right? It Atem amisim, Atem amisim right. It, it persists. I mean, miracle after miracle casualties of the rebellion, uh, God's wrath and punishment, the, 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 it, it persists until what happens? What happened? Two things happen that are important. There's a magaifa. And you'll forgive me, I don't have the chumash in front of me, but if I remember correctly, Kaddish Baruch Hu says to Maisha, hey, right, uh, he, he, separate yourself. And what is Maisha's next statement to Aaron? Take the Titus, right? In other words, God gives a direct command to Moshe to separate himself. Now, you can claim it's not disobedience because he didn't go, he said Darren, but the intent of the Tzivoy is clear. Get away from these people, so I can, I can destroy them. And what does Moshe do instead? He turns to Aaron, take the Machta, and he says, Go quickly and save the people. So that's one interesting. So and there you have the beginning of the end of the rebellion is when Moshe defies God's command to leave the Jewish people so he can destroy them. And Moshe says no, just like he said, you know, in different ways after the Egel Azov, right? You know, right? I ain't leaving. I ain't leaving. I'm staying with the people, and he sends Aaron to go and cure them, right? And to stop the Megafim. And then the next thing happens, which is right? The test of the of the staffs. And Parachmata Aaron. In other words, 
the rebellion doesn't end with, with the fire, with the earthquake, and anything else. It ends not even with the Megafa. It ends with Moshe interceding to spare them from the Megafa and Parach Mataven, which is not a symbol of God's strength or anger at what they had done, but a symbol of the, the beauty and the creativity of the leadership of Moshe. So In other I, words, it's not you don't you don't I understand. It's not know, it's it's not it's not vanquishing the enemy, it's demonstrating your own credentials. Number one, as the protector of the Jews. Even in defiance of its evil, of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and the Parach Matadim, which is of course the metaphor for the blossoming beauty of, of the leadership of Maishanadim. I mean, you really see that also. I think, and it's a it's a wonderful sentiment that you were conveying, and, and a great idea. Uh, re, even the Rekuye Pachim, the fact that what the Rebbeinu Shalom wants, right? They're holy. Yeah. It's right. In other words, we don't look at these guys as the most disgusting people in the world. We actually take their their censure pans, the pans that had the Ketoros in it, which killed them, and we actually use it to b- meld it together as something that's going to stay in the Mishkan. Uh, it, it's it's going to we there's really as much as the rebellion is ugly and it's terrible, and Lotzia Kedas Korach, it's one of the, I think the Moni Mitzvahs count it as, right. as, as one of the Lavim, not to be about Machlekes, but it's definitely not to hate uh, the person himself. Yeah, no, it's fat. Also, i tell you what's interesting, you know, whenever you read a Medrash, you know they're using a Parsha, just like we use a Parsha, which is to talk about today, not just about the time in which the narrative occurred. And when it's Vayikach Kayach and the Medrash says, you know, me parsha. They took it from the the, the previous parsha. You know, they said what a talish tulat chelus, a bias molis volume, a room filled with Torah scrolls doesn't need a mezuzah. You really have, I think, the midrash kind of subtly critiquing the Christian view of halacha. You know, where you know, well, you can fulfill the will or the purpose or the deeper meaning of the law without attention to the particularities and the specifics of the law. You know, if you have a room filled with Torah scrolls, do you need a mezuzah? The whole begging is tchelis, you need a string. In other words, that there are alternative paths to accomplishing the goal of a particular law of the of the Bible, and therefore you don't need the specifics of the instruction. So that, that's an interesting medrash also, where you have this, you know, you know the, using Korach as the, as the eternal rebel against Judaism in whatever shape or form the rebel takes in, in different generations. And it's it's interesting, though, because, uh, you know, a rabbi might want to use it for the people out there in terms of outside of uh, the normative religion, but he also might want to use Korach as... Um, as a symbol for what's going on within the community itself, what's sure. going on within the shul. And I really, I guess it depends where you want to lay your emphasis. Um, do you want it? Um, do you want show Do you want to use Korach to, to bring an Achtas within your community? Or do you actually... I think you know, it depends on the mood of the moment. <laughs> there are times when you get up like an embittered rabbi lashing out at the Balabatim who are not even worthy to speak of you, let alone criticize you. <laughs> and you, yes. and, you uh, and you use the Kairach uh, paradigm as a way to... Uh, I remember once when I was here in, uh, in Elizabeth, and I was just here very briefly, just my second year, uh, there were a number of young men, uh, yeshiva age, high school age, who really were disenfranchised from the old shul's methods of 
selling the aliyahs for an hour, yeah, yeah. Um, saying all the piyutim. Uh, and they demanded, they said, look, we're not going to shul. We're not going to go to shul. So a couple of balabatim got together and said, we know what we're going to do. We're going to, we'll have a minion. We'll have a minion for the kids and we'll do it. We'll get some balay tefillah to, yeah. to daven for them. And uh, they asked me to be involved with them, to be a, uh, to, to speak. A mentor, a guide. To speak before the tkiyas. An inspiration. And, yes. Anyway, uh, as you know, Rav Taitz had his big paytas on, on any other minion happening. Yeah. Um, and um, the, it, was, it was a three-day yontif. So Shabbos Shuva was Shabbos after that. Oh, yeah. So I was, I was told at Mincha time by the president of the shul, go over to the Rav and ask, and, and ask uh, Mechila, because I think something's happening. Uh, something's going to happen to you. Okay. I had actually, let me just explain better. I actually daven in the main shul. And then uh, when it was time uh, for, you know, after the tkiyas, whoever it was, I went to this other minion to speak before the tkiyas and, you know, to give them some chizuk there. So I actually didn't abandon the main shul, but I definitely took part in helping this other minion happen. Anyway, the Rav spoke and he spoke about all the different uh, shuls. And he said, and there was another adas this this Rosh Hashanah, there was Adas Korach, and everybody is looking because they knew that I was involved, and you know again everybody is looking at me, and he says, and this is this is Adas Korach, you know, starting another minion, starting a breakaway minion. Well, you see, well, we're not going to have this anyway. That night, I wanted to say, Rav Tights called me up and said, "Look, I didn't mean you. I understand what you're about. I had to I had to make this point. I had to say this, but look." I don't really have anything against you, but I can't have breakaway minyanim in the show. So therefore, I have to speak very strongly. But no, I'm I'm calling you up. He knew that I was just doing this l'shem shemayim. Right. I, I, okay. The next morning, um, it was Tzayim Gedalia. I came into shul to for minyan. Some smart aleck slash Talmud Chacham says, "Look who's here, Ayn Ben Peles, huh? <laughs> Listen. So, listen, so, so it so it reminds me, you know, how you can use this demon, this right. korach, and I think I, I, I think unfortunately, no, you can misuse it and misuse it. Listen, yeah. the reality. I, I want to get back to Rabbi Tice for a minute. <laughs> you know, he's right, but it, it's it, our current situation in the Orthodox Jewish world demonstrates that as as much as we aren't assimilated, we are assimilated. What I mean by that is we live in an individualistic culture where people can't understand why they need to join a kahila in the largest sense of the word, where, you know, one person put it this way, our synagogues used to be department stores. Now they're boutiques. Yes. And you go from room to room and there's this minion and there's that minion. And there's and the idea of everyone giving up a little bit of what they would want. You know, the guy that wants to sing more, the guy that wants to do car bus, the guy to give up a little bit for the sake of being together is would bewilder somebody under the age of 35. What do you mean? I can't have exactly what I want, what I am. I can't have me and my 17 friends do it our way. Why is there a responsibility to a larger construct? It is a foreign language to them. And that's why we have a fractured, you know, that's one of the reasons we have a fractured Jewish world. It's the, 
you know, as we live in a hyper-individualistic society, and as much as we are dissimilated, we are. Yeah, well, as I said, you know, I'm happy he called me up. Otherwise, again, I agree with you that there things need to be done in a structured way, in a way that, that people, their grievances and ideas, and you don't want to destroy the community by fracturing. On the other hand, we've got to be careful in terms of, uh, of, 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 of the appellations that we give out. Drush is great. But when no, you say, we have to be careful, absolutely. Look, we all, you, both of us remember our great mentor and leader, Dr. Doom himself, Joe Tenler, when he would, when he would give his uh, uh, Musser schmooze. And we knew that if there was some event that occurred that week, who was going to be the Loth? Who was going to be Loth? I remember <laughs> Loth was his favorite person. <laughs> remember? Loth. Loth was his favorite person because Loth was the one who was, who, right? You know. Listen, now, so this is, so... Uh, you know, uh, we're a cantankerous people. You know, <laughs> you look at the archives of Jewish communities of the last hundreds of years, nothing has changed. And the same arguments that Jews had in shuls in the 1600s and same arguments people have today, you know, uh, covered power, control, you know, all these things. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, human nature doesn't change. And uh, But I think we have to be careful about, you know, creating artificial constructs in order to bash our enemies or people right. we don't like and, and, and using drush in order to do that. The story of Korach, as you say, it, it, it's, it's unprecedented in history. The, 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 as you say, the, the, the mouth of the earth opening up and swallowing them. Um, you know, I, I think you don't have to go any further than to say, you know, B'nai Bonav Shokairach Lomdu Tayyar B'nai Brak, right? As they say, you know, the, the as terrible as the man is, we know Shmuel. I, actually, I, I know exactly where they're like. They're, <laughs> they're in Panovich, <laughs> there's no question. <laughs> okay, yeah, we have, which, is, which, which quarter of B'nai Brak they're at? <laughs> but, so I, 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 as you said before, I think that, you know, we, it, it's important to, to summon up passion. You know, I'll, I'll tell you one other little anecdote. When I went for a prova in the show in Boston, so it was also Parshas Dvarim. And my, my, my speech was about the difference between what you spoke about, the difference between Parshas Dvarim and Parshas Shlach. Someone came over to me after I spoke and said, you called the Maraglim Rishoyim. What? How can you refer to another Jew as a Russia? I said, look, the Torah calls them Rishoyim. I mean, what do you want me to do? I'm saying, I, I'm not saying that I wouldn't have done the same thing. But so I, I think there's there was a uh, a a sense of a, we can't impose upon right the we can't impose upon the psukim our own sensibilities. Like this person was upset that I should refer to any, right, right. You know, I, I, want, I wanted to show him, by the way, the Medrash that you know, how the Miraglam died. Talk right. about, talk about a grand gingle horror story. You got freaked out when I mentioned bugs, when I mentioned grasshoppers turning into right. locusts. What about the fact that a man's tongue should extend so far that it actually enters into his, his, his navel and then it smashes into his navel, and then I think worms crawl out. That is the way these people die. So <laughs> try to make a try to make a drush about that. I, no, I want to tell you something a funny story. I, I, thought, I, I was I, I had spoken to Shul and Dominic's over. A guy comes over and says, uh, "Rabbi, a younger guy actually he wasn't that old. He was in his thirties. Rabbi, I want to take issue with something you said in your sermon." So I said, "Let me stop you there. I want to apologize." I said to him. Something about my behavior or something I said must have given you the impression that I'm interested in your opinion and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <so apologetic>. so, 
So, only, yeah, now, only, only an emeritus Rex could get away so, with that. Again, this is not practical rabbinics. This is not how any <laughs> rabbi should ever talk to anybody. But, you know, he you know, caught me in a bad mood. So, not a bad mood. He just caught me impatiently going to the kiddish. And um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's what I said to him. And he looked quite startled. But, uh, uh, yes, this is not, I do not yes, teach you, practical rabbinics. Yes, you want to apologize. You know, let's end off today with uh, something which is another favorite uh, of Parsha Shlach, which is, of course, the Shnei Ruchos of Kolev. You know, Kolev's ability to sort of like be the diplomat and make them think he was on their side. I think yeah. a lot I think a lot of Drush is also centered on having this ability to have this outer and inner self. Um, and, and let's talk about that a little bit, because, you know, because Kolev, of course, uh, you know, you know, is able to get Shechem Echad Alechiv. In many ways, Kolev really uh, elbows out Yehoshua. Yehoshua sort of Yehoshua like... was not even mentioned in the original descent. Right, right, right. It's like, you know, he, he tears his clothes, but it's right. Vayas Kolev. Um, and, 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 you know, you, you've talked about using this. Uh, it, it, can we maybe perhaps, you know, use Kolev as well as a as a way to 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 sort of not just he was like the ultimate uh, Ellie Cohen. It's not that he was the ultimate double right. agent, but rather he he really and, and you know part of the reason why his voice was effective is because he was really in, in a sense part and parcel with their mindset. Um, he he knew quote unquote the Again, listen. Part of what I, it's, I don't know. I don't know if I'm reading too much into it. I, you have to be careful when you do this, but it seems that he, he he attempted to brilliantly deflate the negativity by going to a certain extent to validate. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and then he steps aside and, and you know and makes his final plea, which doesn't succeed. By the way, I mean we should remember it does not succeed. But it's fascinating how he tries to do it, and I think it's it is a model for engagement with those who may oppose us, you know, that in order to gain credibility, and this is very important. I mean, uh, you know, uh, you know, people today are talking about, you know, how do you defend Israel? We're losing the battle, Hasbara, Hasbara. We've been hearing this for 40 years. And, you know, I understand that why our Jews are, are pained by it. Isn't there something we can do? And they see every negative article as a failure and every negative. Comment. And and I think that one of the things we have to stop doing is, uh, is just shouting and yelling and declaring. I think we have to learn how to have a dialogue, not with those who are beyond our reach. We know who they are, the extremists on that side and the Palestinians themselves often, if not always, but to, to talk to the the younger liberal American Jew or non-Jew who doesn't know very much about Israel and uh, assumes that the anti-Israel posture is correct because his friends who he associates with some other political issues believe that and therefore he's you know it's part of the basket of things people on the left embrace being anti-israel the question is how to talk to them how to talk to them which makes and and i think you have to in other words if you don't begin a conversation with them by saying things like you know the the loss of life on the other side is a source of great pain which it should be and there's no question that as just as is the cause of israel during this conflict the palestinians suffered much more than did the israelis there's no question. You have to demonstrate you're a human being and that you're on the same wavelength first. You can't just scream Hamas or terrorist, you're an anti-Semite or a self-hating Jew for defending them. You have to let people, you have to allow people to hear you. And unless you in some way validate as this colleague, 
you have no chance of being heard. And I think part and, of it is also joining them in the experience. I mean, look, Kolev, all of them were involved in, 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 in going into Eretz Yisrael. All of them were involved in that somewhat dangerous trick of going up there together. I think personal connection is also important. It isn't, it, part of it is hearing you, but also right. being involved together. And I right. think you know, Kolev is is part of that group. And I right. think that's, I think that also- Again, had, had he succeeded, he'd be a much more compelling model. Still, <laughs> again, we're, as we're looking here for elements yeah. in order to, 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 to flesh out, uh, to yeah. give- But to I give, can't, you mentioned my brother before, and I, and I can't sign off without mentioning a Rapsodic that he always talked about. And I probably mentioned to you once before, at least once before. When, um, when the Mapilim, those who decide, they're going to show they're going to go up anyway, right? The Mapilim. And it says, It says, it will not succeed. Rabbi says, everyone knows it's a meal, right? The word vihi, this won't yeah. succeed. Taking the initiative now won't succeed. Going in before God tells you to go in won't succeed, but there will be a time when it will succeed. And that, he said, is our time, said Rabbi We're taking the initiative, does in fact work, because it's a chutzpiyaska, whatever, however you want to, he quotes the Gemara and Sanhedrin, and and, and and in other words, he liked his luck, but I get another it. time in history when grabbing the reins will in fact work. And uh, the, he said it's our time. And again, he didn't write this in 48. He wrote this in 1880. So uh, he said, this is the, this is our time. Right. So, and, and, and again, once again, trying to really um, resuscitate or vivify or reclaim things that the Torah sort of shows as 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 Rishoyim or people that were completely off, I think that's definitely the way to go in terms of how you want to use Drushim, uh, uh, whether it's Parsha Shlach right. or Parsha Korach. Both of them, I think, uh, give ample uh, ability to to do your stuff and to really right. to, to 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 have your messages uh, really land properly. That's what we know is the purpose of all Drush. Is that people remember the Vart and they also really remember what what that message was. Yeah. Well, again, I know that although you, you as you say, Shlach and Korach are both beautiful for you. And as you said before, this is the 40th anniversary, I believe. 50th. The 50th anniversary, yes, 50 years since uh little Ruven Yoshua uh ascended the uh, Bima to the Bima of uh, what was your father show the show where you your brother Shari Taira in Pittsburgh, PA? And why don't you give us a little take us back, take us back those. I'll tell you a funny story about my bar mitzvah. So my my father, my late father's twin sister was Rebison Savitsky from Boston. You, you know, Rabbi, you remember Rabbi? Yes, Savitsky. yes, yes. The Lida Eloy, he was called as a young man. Yes, yes, the, the Eloy from Lida, uh, where my mishpach was from, and my my Baba Peshachaya had sent over to find a, a correct chassid for her daughter, uh, Basia, who was my father's uh, twin sister. And she came to my, uh, my, my bar mitzvah. And I have a twin sister. You know my twin sister. I have, yes, a, twin sister yes. Well. Yes. I have a twin sister as well. And uh, she came, Basia came to the bar mitzvah. And, um, uh, and she brought a very large gift for Rivi. <laughs> because she remembers being ignored at my father's bar mitzvah. And I don't think I got anything from her. 
but she came with a very big gear. She was like part of the ignore twin sister anti-defamation league you know uh and and she she brought a very large gift yes i remember it of course gift. it was it was it was already a year past though it would be her she was bought mitzvah the year before remember right, but she remembers being ignored and, and you know, <laughs> alienated by the time of my father's bar mitzvah back you know, in uh, 19 whatever it was and, were um, you were you did your father were you expected to do the whole davening or just the laning no i just laned no but pukos are not known for their cantorial skills so uh-huh. uh you you know my brother Yaakov Maisha, obviously and you know that he and our family was considered the one, <laughs> the chassan. He was the, chassan. He considered the one with the best voice <laughs> it's only later in life that i discovered that no one else thought he had a good voice except for <laughs> we in the family because again compared to the rest of us he was Kusevitsky. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but, uh, but uh, yeah, so, so, let, so, let's, yeah, so let's go out. Obviously, you, you know, you know, we all, you know, I wish I had a, you know, my, my bar mitzvah parsha is parsha Sazaria. So oh, yeah, it doesn't, yeah, I, it doesn't necessarily lend itself. Although I, I did write my bar mitzvah, I did write my bar mitzvah on, on Brismila, which of course was the only thing that I could sort of. I'll tell you with. what I remember from my bar mitzvah speech. I spoke about, um, uh, 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 you know, with this, the Maisa with the Tefillin and the Gemara. Right, yes, yes. And then I also, I, I also remember my two older brothers, one of whom was 10 years older than me. So my older brothers were, when I was Bar Mitzvah, were 23 and 25, and I was 13. They were sitting in the front row in front of me, doing their best to try to disrupt and annoy <laughs> and, and sabotage. Yes. And you knew, and you know both of them. Or I should say, about yes, 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 yes. So I, you can imagine exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and and that speech, that was your first public drosha for Claudius. Yes. And it was that, the only time in my life I spoke from notes. Yes, that was emerit- That was the beginning of Emeritus Rex. Was there? That was the beginning. Oh, yes. yes. So. Right. So I so let, let us let, let us on the sweet notes of the Pupko Foghorn. Let us <laughs> let us hear just the fir- the beginning of Parsha's Korach and then we'll see. No, I will not do that. I will not. No, I will not. I will not. I, yes, no. yes, yes. We, it is much worse than anyone could possibly imagine. Well, I, I take care, everybody. Enjoy. <laughs> And 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 listen to your rabbis this week. They're they've been dying to talk to you. COVID has stopped them. They are itching to <laughs> darshan and parshas shalach and parshas korach. Take care, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Forty years of this is. <laughs> Why are you laughing already? I don't think it's funny. <laughs> yes, it is. I got to do this again now. I got this. This is going to be the blooper for tonight. Okay, here we go.